Hi, everyone. Welcome to 50. Now what? I'm your host, Alicia Sutton. Sometimes people walk into our lives and we can immediately see the light that shines from them and how they share so willingly with other people. From my first moment of meeting today's guest, Dion Phillips, I knew I needed to have her on because she is literally shining a light wherever she goes. Dion is the owner of D-Lashes Lash and Wellness Spa in Beverly Hills, California, and shares her journey from doing her own lashes in her kitchen in New York City to opening her own luxury space and becoming an artist to the stars. Dion is on an incredible healing journey, and she gifts us with so many gems on how to stay positive, upright, and moving forward while going through seemingly insurmountable odds. Let's jump right in. Dion. <laughs> How are you, Alicia? How are you? <laughs> I am so great and so glad to have you here. And I have to lead in to the show with basically how synchronicity plays such a big part in my life. And it's been a big word we've been using here on the podcast of 50 Now and What. And, you know, that thing of knowing you're where you are and you're meant to be where you are in the moment. Yeah. And um, and that was one of the things when you and I first met, I know it's been over a little over a year ago now, if I'm correct. And um, yes. you were one of those people. It was like, I, I came in for a service and mm. I left out. It was like we were having a conversation. Like we picked up on a conversation we'd already been having. And at least that's what it was for me. And wow. I don't get that often. And so I walked out and I'm like, and I look great, of course. You know, I was lashed out. <laughs> yes, I looked fine. lashed out. I was beautiful. And I was <laughs> like, wow, that was really interesting. And so aside of just, you know, high quality service, I knew I was dealing with a high quality and beautiful person. And so that's one of the reasons why I said once the show really came into fruition, I needed to have you here. So thank you so much. Aww. And I just really want my listeners to learn more about you. So let's start it out. Tell us about your journey to being D-Lash's entrepreneur and all the wonderful things that you are. Well, Alicia, thank you so much. I have to, you know, preference that first. Thank you for having me here. Thank you for asking me to be a part of what we talked about that you wanted to do. And now we're here. We're here. And I love seeing the transformation and how you led up to this point. You talked about it and I see it now and I seen it then. And I just want to say that first, like definitely I believed in what you were saying and to see it now is great. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you you so much. We did talk about this. This was one of the things we were talking about. We did. And I love that. I love that you pressed forward and you moved forward and you, really found the people and Thank you. all the tools oh, wow. that you needed to build this. So that's like amazing because people just talk about things and a lot of people, right. you know, not everyone, but a lot of people just talk about, it, especially these days of being in a place of everybody wants to have their own business and do their own thing post COVID, right. you know, and you really did it. So I want to preference that. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. That means a lot. Thank you. Yes. So I guess starting out with D Lashes and Dion. Well, Dion, I'm Dion. Thank you, Ophelia Moore Banks, my mother, for having me. (laughs) Yes, mama. (laughs) Yes, mama. Yeah, I started off as a young girl, you know, seeing models such as Naomi Campbell, which is a client now, and (laughs) seeing those (laughs) supermodels back in the day in magazines and I wanted to be this model. I love fashion from the start. I used to make my clothes in high school. And if it wasn't in vogue, you wasn't in fashion, I used to say. <laughs> All right. You know, but I started off as a young model and 
kind of transitioned to booking a job out of New York City. I'm trying to go back to those memories without saying right. a whole lot. <laughs> right. But yeah, from Ohio to New York City, and then now currently living in Los Angeles. I lived other places such as London and Hawaii, other places, but, you know, New York was my home for fashion and, you know, modeling then. And then transitioning, you know, within working out and being a fitness model and really being into fitness and health and wellness, then um, I, my friend was a stunt coordinator and he was like, you gotta do this commercial. And I was like, what, what I gotta do? He goes, you just gotta climb a wall. And I'm like, climb a wall? Okay, I'll climb a wall. (laughs) (laughs) I went and did this medical hospital commercial or something where I had a, had to climb a wall or something and play basketball. And I didn't know what was going on, but the stunt coordinator dressed me up, like patted my ankle and I had to play basketball and have the Gatorade cooler fall on my ankle and oh, wow. act like I was in such pain and it was in slow motion. I got to get that transferred to digital so you can see yeah. it. And that was the start of my stunt career, (laughs) you know, from a commercial. So from a model to a stunt woman in New York City is how I got started within this industry, you know, entertainment, fashion, you know, beauty. Always wanted to look cute. So I was always cutting up lashes, putting on lashes myself in the mirror and didn't know that looking in the mirror and trying to be cute was going to be a thing later on (laughs) but I knew it was going to be something yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so that's how I got started then and trans you know from cutting up lashes in my kitchen for auditions and trying to look cute because then it was Polaroids and I wanted my Polaroids to look really good so I would make sure that I looked like I booked the job already and then you know word caught on from me going to auditions, asking other girls to come to my kitchen, I'll do their lashes at last for weeks. And they're like, what? They're questioning me at first. What? What is this? And right. I was like, yeah, it'll last for a couple of weeks, you know? <laughs> and then it led to Brandy and Serena Williams and Tweet coming to my kitchen, getting their lashes done. <laughs> so it took wow. off from there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It all, sometimes it just have to start off in the kitchen. It starts off in the kitchen. <laughs> Not the back of the head kitchen, but the kitchen. In the kitchen, in your kitchen, really. The stove and everything. Kitchen, the stove, the table. I made sure I had a a beautiful tablescape when people come into my kitchen. And I would sit them down in the chair and I was, you know, hover over them and apply their lashes. Right. You know, so I can imagine it didn't feel like a kitchen because I've been to your wellness spa and it's you know, you feel like you've just been transported into a different place. I can just imagine someone walking into your kitchen and feeling like, oh, this is probably the best place in the world to be to get my lashes done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I made sure it was really pretty because I love the aesthetics of everything. So yeah. (laughs) You do. It wasn't the regular kitchen you see, you know. I made sure my kitchen was clean, no dishes in the sink. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know it was beautiful. And then that just transferred into becoming this entrepreneur what 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 led to that i mean you were doing lashes in the kitchen and then you, there was an inspiration to take this further yeah the, so the inspiration was like wow people people really like me and what i'm doing to them to make them look good mm-hmm. and it felt good to be of service for someone else and not just focusing on myself oh, because as a model right. and you know fitness person you got to focus on your body and body fat 
and, you know, making sure your hair look good when they go to auditions or looking the part when they call for a certain specific, you know, look. And that just felt tiring over time. I just didn't want to focus on myself. I felt better and felt good being of service for other people. Yeah. So I'm like, wow, people are really, you know, responding to this lash thing. So I started Googling, you know, on the computer in Hollywood, in my apartment on Sunset and Vine, <laughs> trying to figure out, you know, there and also my apartment in New York City back in the early 90s, I've been doing this. Yeah. Just trying to figure out like a software to keep track of people because people were coming into my door when they had an appointment either late or early. And I had right. to get some kind of control over that. So I started figuring out, you know, software so I could send them a confirmation email and things I didn't know. But also, mm -hmm. I remember from beauty school, prior to doing lashes in my kitchen, you know, I went to school and I didn't think I would do anything with it. But it came 360, mm -hmm. you know, wanting to have a business. And it was the first time when I, you know, my books were like eight people for that day. I was like, wow, this is something wow. here. So I got to figure this yeah. out. So I just, you know, put all the processes and tools and everything together to build a six-month waiting list, which I did then. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and you decided to just uh, to anchor here in Los Angeles at some point. You just decided that this was going to be the best place to set up shop for the long term? Yeah. It kind of led me here. My boyfriend at the time, now husband, he came out for a job. He, we're both ex-models. And mm -hmm. he had transferred for a job in Carlsbad, but I didn't really have anything in Carlsbad. So I was driving to Carlsbad to L.A. Then, you know, trying to figure out if L.A. was going to be it or Carlsbad. Carlsbad was not it. So he decided to that we live in Los Angeles and that I have a life here and he would just go back and forth. So we settled in Los Angeles as our home. And a lot of people post the, you know, 9-11 happened. A lot of people from New York had moved out here. So I had some friends who were already here and who was guiding me through the, you know, navigation of being in Los Angeles at that time. Okay, great. Wonderful. Yeah. Right. And and everything just seemed to just evolve. I mean, your your life seemed to evolve and it was going in a different direction. And then there were some other challenges that came into your life that you end up having to navigate with your uh, cancer diagnosis that you've been very open about and a leader in showing women how to take care of themselves during that. Do you want to Ooh. talk a little bit about how you've navigated, I call it that life challenge, because it's definitely something that you've been working through and succeeding at. Yeah, it's definitely a life challenge. Who knew that through my fitness, I thought I was always going to be healthy and wealthy and and all the things that comes with, you know, being a model and, you know, however, later, you know, you're as you get older, your body just starts changing. And yeah. when I was diagnosed, I was actually in CB2 shopping for my new spa that I just acquired. When I met you, I'm not sure if I was in a salon suite at the time. You were still um, in the suite, then, I, I was in the suite, right? Yeah. So I was yeah. always having dreaming of having an expanded spa, lash spa. And I was shopping for some furniture prior. They were in build out at the time. And I was going to my regular doctor appointments and had my traditional mammogram. And my doctor called me while I was shopping. And uh, I was like, wow, let me pick this up. You know, and and uh, she was like, you 
have probable breast cancer. Now, oh, probable wow. breast cancer, what does that mean? And I'm mm. kind of shopping around looking and not didn't want to like scream inside the store, but was in shock when she said that, but wasn't mm-hmm. really grasping the information she was giving me. So I was a little bit confused. Right. And I was like, well, what does that mean? She goes, it's probable. So she kept talking long-winded and... I would hear her, but I wasn't listening to her. Like, I didn't right. hear her. <laughs> right. Just remember, like, gibberish. I don't remember the exact word. I just remember that one. And then I'm like, you know what? In this in this moment when I'm done talking to her, I want to get off the phone with her. And I was like, I'm going to get another another opinion. So I went my second time. I'm like, I want the new, whatever the new technology is. I want that, whatever that is. And I thought I did mm-hmm. that with her. It was a 3D ultrasound as well. So I went and got another 3D ultrasound mammogram. And the tech said, you know, it's probably just calcium. I'm like, yeah, it's probably just calcium. Well, when I went to the second opinion, the doctor, one of my clients who I previously worked with, she had breast cancer. And I worked with breast cancer survivors for a day of beauty for Tower Oncology prior to my diagnosis. Right. And she had came in to get her lashes done that day. She's like, call my doctor. So I called her doctor right away that day. Later on, I went to a doctor's appointment. She did a biopsy and she did a 3D ultrasound right then and there, Dr. Christy Funk. And she knew right away, even before putting that wand on me, that it was breast cancer. Then mm. I was stunned because <laughs> she explained right. to me i'm like where show me on the screen how do you know like i wanted to know what it looked like how does she you know come to this conclusion that it was breast cancer and she showed me on the right. screen and that's how i found out that i had breast cancer and later on that day then i was started kind of crying like wow god this is how you can have me go out like this this is all i knew this mm. is the information you get so you th- automatically think you're gonna die when you have cancer But now knowing, looking back, cancer doesn't equal death. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And I made sure that I, at that point, that's when my mind, body, and spirit changed at that time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I just forged on, made sure my thought process, my vibrations, if anyone believes in vibrations and and keeping a high altitude within yourself is what I did. I thought of seeing myself healed every single day. I would say it Mm -hmm. in my words. I would act as if I was already healed, you know, go to my doctor appointment, still be the entrepreneur, still show up for people. I still did everything. It wasn't perfect. You know, there's days I did cry and had to get back up, listen to some music again to get it back up again. But I'm a thriver, I call it. I stayed focused. You are a thriver. And people pick up on that energy. And I think that you talk about energy and frequency and, and raising that. And it, like you said, you had the days when you were crying and and things like that and raising your energy and your frequency and your focus doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to have a day where you're going to be sad. It's not every day needs to be happy. It's just every day needs to be, like you said, I'm is an intention. You're working in an intentional space of your own healing. It was definitely intentional. And people pick up on those energies. Yeah, yeah they do. do. And I and I made sure when I did announce it, and I guess we announce it now on social media because that's how we're communicating these days. Yeah. I just told people right away, 
you know, if you hear about that I've had breast cancer or you find out, just please, please, I don't want to be around anybody like, oh, I'm sorry. And their whole attitude changes and that vibration right. changes. And if it does, I'm going to counteract that. I'm great. <laughs> I am healed in Jesus' name. Right. I'm a spiritual being. Right. I'm just going to do what I can to keep me focused. It's usually when people are feeling sad, it's to make them feel better. So I made sure mm. that I was, you know, moving into intention as we are talking about now. Intentional about everything, right. every moment. You know, it didn't feel good at times, but I did what I could. And in the meantime, and this is me watching you, you continue to go from the suite. You didn't change your your vision in, in your life. Like I said, we were, I think when we met, we were both in a transformative space. I had just retired and, and talking about the podcast and you were talking about your your your, your healing journey and, and your wellness spa. And here we are full circle and it mm. speaks so much. And that's why it was so important for me to have you on the show is mm. that it speaks so much to to women in this stage of our life to make sure that it's it's not over. You know, it, there's so much more you can do. And oh it's all about where you're putting your intention, your energy and your focus. And you did open up a wellness spa. And I was so honored to be at your grand opening. It's a beautiful yes. space. And, and and in that space, I think also you create, you bring that energy with you and you and people feel it in and around you. If they're, if they're open to it, they can feel it in and around you. Do you think that too, in your healing journey, was there any other things that you took into account into what you would change or was it just an elevation of who you already were? Were there any other major changes that you made? Yeah, there was parts of it that I definitely, definitely changed. Um, and some parts that it was already there for me, I just didn't, you mm -hmm. know, revisit. I had to revisit that area of myself, um, I guess, with especially mm -hmm. with clean eating again, you know? Um, yeah. The plant-based, I went plant-based throughout this time. I spoke to this old trainer that used to train at the gym here in Los Angeles, also in New York. And my trainer's like, Dion, you got to talk to Will. You got to talk to Will. And I'm like, who's Will? So <laughs> Will used to be a trainer <laughs> when I was there. I would see him frequently, but never really communicated with him or talked to him. He would train celebrities at Crunch Gym. It was, it was a Crunch Gym, like on Sunset Boulevard back in the day where all the models, actors, everybody used to be like the go-to place yeah. for working out. And I spoke to Will. Will became my cancer coach, I would say. <laughs> cancer coach. He had stage wow. four terminal prostate cancer. Terminal. Mm. And he went plant-based right away. He learned. He's very long-winded when you talk to him. But he understands the science with the food and your body. And he got um, certified or a license in nutrition and all these things he's did. So talking to him helped me. He didn't ask for any money. He just wanted to help me because I was a friend of Tyreek who used to train me in New York and also mm -hmm. in Los Angeles. I want to listen to people who actually done it. And I think that's where it changed. So I did change my diet. I changed, I went even inward, more inward in my thinking and my mindset. And that helped me through this journey. You know, even though you're sad and you have people around you who feeling sad, thank God my doctors, when I went to doctors, they were, maybe it's a thing, maybe they're desensitized, but they were just always upbeat. Wow. My oncologist, yeah, they were always upbeat in there. So I don't know if that's a thing that they are trained to do. 
But mm-hmm. everything that going through my journey, having breast cancer, was part of my past and some was new present ideals that I had to acquire during this mm-hmm. time. Most of all, it was plant-based. One of the other things I love that you mentioned about your doctors, and that was going to be another thing I wanted to uh, ask you about, was navigating the healthcare system. I mean, it can be, mm. it can be a lot, and you somehow were able to—I don't know if you had the conscious of mind to do it or just had some experience in it. How were you able to navigate the healthcare system when you are, you know, in a space where you you're trying to get healed and you're also trying to get better? How was mm-hmm. that process for you? That process was whew, daunting, <laughs> to be honest with you, with the whole healthcare system. However, thank God, this brown girl who started doing lashes for all these different people from all mm-hmm. walks of the world and who came to me and trusted me during this time. And one of many males that I have to get eyelashes you know, mm-hmm. very fashionable when he walked through the door, tall, knowledgeable. We used to talk about all sorts of things. And I have clients, you know, from all different occupations. And this male who come, he would mostly sleep, you know. And we would, when we do talk, I really loved listening to him. Like his knowledge was just wild to me. Didn't realize that he's one of the top oncologists in the world, one of them. He built his own center, cancer and research center in West Los Angeles. And I didn't know any of this, you know, I knew a little bit, but I didn't know any of this until I got deeper. And then when I was diagnosed, I'm like, wait a minute, you don't know who to call, what to do first. Thank God I have my Mm -hmm. cancer clients who kind of told me a little bit what to do and all the doctors I need, need at least five or six doctors. You need your oncologist who will derive your plan. You need your oncologist surgeon. You need your reconstructive oncology, plastic surgeon, and you need, you know, you glucose, all those different doctors. So the main one is oncologist. And my client, out of all this time, became my oncologist. Dr. Peril, you know, he's always been there. So we talk about, I can never say this word, synchronicity. You Uh said earlier. Yeah. Yes. I can never get that word right. I know what it is, but yeah. It came full circle that he was going to help save my life. And Mm. my client became my oncologist, which is amazing. (laughs) And his center is beautiful. It's amazing, right? Like who, I mean, it was meant to be, it was meant for me to start cutting up lashes, put on myself to find out later on that I'll be diagnosed with breast cancer and my client will become my oncologist. And I just think that's unique. (laughs) That is 100% unique. That is 100% synchronicity. (laughs) It It is is part of your life plan. 100%. And- And also, too, as an African-American woman, a lot of us don't have the resources and knowledge of people, especially here in Los Angeles, if you're not in the right circles and the right, you know, to to find these people. And for him to be at a time coming to me, he was, you know, I would tint his lashes. I would get him ready for his looks to be on TV with Unfortunately, Suzanne Summer, who's just passed yesterday. Oh, yes. He would go yes. on TV talking about mm. cancer and breast cancer. And he was just so, he's so knowledgeable. And I want to make sure I'm not saying was, he is so knowledgeable. Yes. And mm. just like a super nerd to me, which I love. And we would have really intense conversations. <laughs> you know, I'm yep. a super nerd and, and behind the scenes, you me know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm a hidden nerd. Right. <laughs> In the open now. In the open now. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love it. 
And yeah, and he became Dr. Peril for the Los Angeles Research and Cancer Clinic in West Los Angeles, became my oncology in my center. He has everything there. And when he told yeah. me he built that place for a reason to be beautiful, they have a grand piano playing music when you walk in. There's beautiful art. Mm. And the way the seating is, it's not everyone's kind of face. It's kind of just unique the way he set it up. And he explained this and he didn't want people to come into this center feeling sick or feeling down. You feel inspired. You feel healthy. It doesn't feel like a hospital. The infusion center where you get your chemo treatments and infusion treatments, it doesn't feel like you're in a fusion Mm. place. Even when you would see like that bell, people ring the bell, they didn't have a bell. Yeah, He goes, no, we don't have a bell here. (laughs) Because, And I asked him when I first went, I was like, well, what stage am I? And he goes, we don't focus on the stage. We focus on C-U-R-E. So for a long time, Mm. I didn't know what stage I was. And it didn't matter to him in the center. It mattered to getting me healthy and, and rebuilding my cells again. So... I hope I answered all that, what you asked me in a long... Oh, you absolutely did. That's exactly what I want to know and what what the listeners want to know is, you know, when they see these stories of inspiration, you kind of always seeing the tail end of it. You know, we're seeing that, you know, you look great, you feel great, and you've, you've empowered yourself. But all the steps in between, and the big part of that is navigating the healthcare system and your healthcare providers are the key. Yes. And I think intentionally, if I'm feeling healthy and wise, all those things will be attracted to me. So that was the help of navigating this system, even though you do have to fight during the the journey with your insurance to cover certain things. My doctors, because I knew them, they fought for me. You know, Mm. they wanted to give me chemo treatments every week. There was no way I can rebuild and go back the next week. You need a week to recover at least. So they yeah. pushed for every two weeks. They wanted every three weeks, but they pushed for every two weeks for ins- to ensure my insurance would pay for it. So navigating that healthcare part of it, you know, really be an advocate for yourself if something like this to happen to you. You know, you really got to push. Don't just give up on it. There's right. things and and try to find information that you don't know. Like really seek it, and that's what I did during this time. My husband, he was there to record every. Aspect. He was part of my healthcare system. We wrote yep. things down in notes. I asked when I talked to Will, he would tell me to know your numbers. I asked him for a printout of my numbers each time I went so I'll know what my glucose is doing. I knew what my hemoglobin was doing. I knew what mm-hmm. my, it's another number called P something 13. That's like the cancer right. cells. So, and they mm-hmm. fluctuate. So I knew all those numbers I didn't even know before. You know, I didn't know even going plant based. There's a hormone that's inside meat or anything with a mother, and it's called AGS-1, mm-hmm. and it's a hormone that metastasizes cancer. I didn't want any of that, so that's when I stopped eating meat, you know? Right. And right now with our food system, you know, we don't know what's going into some of our food here in the U.S., you know? You so I just started researching, and, you know, Will would give me little videos I would watch on YouTube and just research that and I not listen to everything, but also seeing what fits me in my lifestyle that helped Correct. me throughout my journey. But the main thing was thinking that I'm going to be healed and what my cells look like. You're literally picturing your cells forming to be healthy and having arms and mm-hmm. smiling and being strong. Like I had to literally every single day I did that and I still do that now. Wow. We can see that. 
we can see that this journey, that it is a healing journey and it is part of your daily life and where you are now. Let's talk a little bit about that. Where are you at now in your healing journey and what can you see now? What's next for Dion? Oh my gosh, what's next? Woo! And what I see now? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh my God, the possibilities are limitless, literally. Um, Wonderful. Sometimes it's a little sad because I'm starting my life all over again, I feel like, but I'm not, but I am. Mm -hmm. It's weird. And I say that because financially, it's been a struggle, you know, when you are diagnosed with something like this or going through a really life-altering you know, change in your life and you haven't worked and doing all the things that you used to do, but it also slows you down. I mean, there's pros and cons to it. But where I'm at now is starting all over again. I haven't worked in almost two years post-pandemic as well because estheticians Mm. were out longer than anybody. So we had to rebuild that. So I would say, even though financially it's been a little challenging but it's exciting at the same time because it feels like I'm starting over from things that I didn't know before, but I know now. It's so weird. It's fun and it's scary <laughs> and it's everything, but I'm embracing it all. <laughs> um, embracing it all. Yeah. And it's where I'm at right now is just I love building out this beautiful lash bar of my dream that I wanted. You know, mm-hmm. I love, you know, people coming in slowly before they came in fast. You know, they were coming mm-hmm. in. I couldn't keep up with everybody, but now it's coming in slowly. And I'm okay at embracing that in each day. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful for all the people who showed up for me, you know, really applauding them. Everyone's busy, but the people who really showed up for me, I just really appreciate them. So I'm just giving them their their flowers, as we say now, you know. Right. And really being there for my husband, who's been there for me. The way I am right now is just really staying grateful and still keeping my mindset strong on everything. So starting over is great, but at the same time, it's the ugly beautiful, I call it. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's like the ugly beautiful. But I I feel good. I feel good right now. I'm getting out now. I'm doing pop-ups and more brand awareness um, for the brand. And not just that. Healthy-wise, I'm loving discovering all the new plant-based restaurants and people and recipes, things like that. I'm trying to start to work out again. My body's still kind of weak and just doing little things at the elevator, like lifting my leg up or stretching, (laughs) you know, I haven't really engulfed in my, in my routine just yet. Like I used to, I used to be at the gym seven days a week, but I'm taking it slow. Like all the things that didn't work before I'm acquiring new habits, new things that's going to really lift me up and others around me. And again, well, it's, I'm still it's working. It's working. I'm still I still love being of service for people such as this, giving back to you and and pouring into what you wanted to do all this time. Yes. And giving you inspiration. That fills me up, you know, it of does. things it that does. you didn't possibly know and I don't want to be like the know-it-all, but just things that you didn't know and from people that yeah. I talked to and seeing things and looking at things, I just want to pour into what you have as my lashette to fulfill you. your dreams and as well. 
And I absolutely love you for that. And I'm so glad you mentioned that because I would sit in there and I'd just be like, I don't know how I need to go about this. And you're still learning and I'm still learning. Yeah. And it was like coming in and yeah, I'm going to look good when I leave out, but I also leave out with such strong encouragement and support. And sometimes you just need to know that you have that support in those gems that I get. I'm like, oh, I hadn't thought of that. Oh yes. yeah, I need to be doing that. Yes. And it's wonderful. <laughs> and so you leave out with more than what you bargained for. You leave out with more than just your lashes. And I think that that's a part of your energy as well. And such a big part of, of who you are in your spirit. And I'm always, you know, rooting for you Aww. as well. You know, it's like, oh my God, this is, this is, this person here is, is a right. gem. And I'm so happy that you took the time. I know you're very busy it's with so much going on. I'm so grateful that you were able to be here with us today. Or are there any other words of wisdom that you'd like to share with the listeners of 50 Now What? I say the word of wisdom I would love to share with everyone is just keep going no matter what. Keep going mm. no matter what. And if you're feeling down or if you're feeling like it's like God has given up or forgot, he has not forgotten because it's going to come back around again. Mm. I didn't see like this time last year when I was laying there with tubes in my body and didn't think it was ever going to get better or I would have some kind of condition or something this time last year, that day did pass. So know that yeah. this too shall pass whatever you're going to. It passed. We're here now. I have more energy in my voice. I didn't before and I'm alive I'm able to give this advice to you, but just to keep it really simple, keep going. Like each day did pass, you know, with all the tragedy, with all what's going on in your life, in the world. And I say that tragedy in a world of, of things. Yeah. It's still a beautiful place to be while we're here. So that's my words of wisdom. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to let that drop right there. I don't have anything else to add except where can my listeners find you your website, and where do you want them to go? <laughs> I would say where people can find me on all social platforms at D-Lashes, on Instagram at D-Lashes, that's D-L-A-S-H-E-S. You can also find me in my craziness on TikTok and on Snapchat, on my daily life, what I'm doing. I always give you some gems of whose house I'm going to or to lash them out or what restaurant I'm eating at or what recipe I found. My website is dlashes.com, D-L-A-S-H-E-S.com. And also, most importantly, the new D-Lashes Lash and Wellness Spa in Beverly Hills. And that's at 6404 Wilshire. So come stop by, lash out, and just leave without being at another lash place. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you so much for being with us, Dion. And I'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Lash out. Thank you for listening to 50 Now What? A very special thank you to Dion. Be sure to find her on Instagram and TikTok at DLashes or in her Beverly Hills salon, DLashes, to receive a luxury lash experience. Make sure to follow us, rate, and share the show. Make sure to follow me on Instagram for continuous updates at 50 Now What Podcast. That's 5-0 Now What Podcast. This podcast was produced by Rainbow Creative with Matthew Jones as senior producer, Stephen Selnick as producer, and Rob Johnson as editor and audio engineer. I love working with this team. To learn more about making a podcast for you or your business, 
visit them at rainbowcreative.co.